Welcome to Insanity, a peace of mind. I'm your host, Stephanie. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Insanity, a peace of mind. This episode is about moving and shaking, and it is called I Hardly Move and I Rarely Shake. Theodore Sturgeon said, the movers and the shakers have always been obsessive nuts. I don't even know what that quote means, but I can quite assuredly say that because I am neither a mover nor a shaker, I am definitely not an obsessive nut. It takes a lot to get me moving. I can ignore a thought, impression, or a plain old good idea for years. Then one day, it's time to move. This podcast is, at least in part, about getting moving. I want to help anyone who wants to move or shake do so with a bit more mindfulness, compassion, intention, purpose, and humor. Moving can actually mean anything. Do you want to learn ways to improve your parenting? Are you trying to be more mindful and intentional about life, but don't know if it's working? Is COVID stress impacting your day-to-day life and you can't seem to find motivation? Do you have a project that needs doing and it makes sense for you to do it, but you don't know how to get started? Time to do something different with your life and to every question about what you say, I don't know. You could shake in big ways or small ways. Do you need more exercise? Do you want a cleaner refrigerator? Is it time to quit your job and start a new one? Do you need to have a difficult conversation with a loved one, but keep putting it off? Is your laundry piling up? Do you want to go back to school? How about starting a podcast? You get the idea. Some of these are my real experiences. I have spent many years moving very slowly between the just getting things done and doing something intentionally. Keep in mind, there really are times and seasons to just about everything. During some seasons, our moving is just surviving and our shaking is the crying or angry fits we throw when we can't see our way clear of dirty dishes, diapers, and dirty laundry. I get it. I've been there. This week, I'm going to tell you a couple of ways I finally got myself moving. I've done some major DIY projects inside and outside of my house, and neither are done. That means two. I went back to school I got a master's degree and started a new job. I implemented a new exercise recreation program that I've managed to make a long-term habit. Additionally, I'm starting this podcast. First, a couple of clarifications. There are a lot of things we engage in in our daily lives that are just the minutia of surviving. We go to work, we clean our houses, we cook meals and drive around a lot. We take our cars to get oil changes. We pay our bills. We attend sporting events and we visit family. We garden, we pick up the dry cleaning, help with homework, and we go to the bank. We make and keep dentist and doctor appointments. We have play dates with kids and parents and go to dinner with friends. We plan parties, volunteer, attend religious services, and watch Netflix. Many of these things are considered necessities. And because we prioritize them as such, we can get them done. They keep our lives and the lives of our families orbiting around in the universe with some semblance of order and a bit of sanity. 
Hopefully, amid all these necessary activities, you can find it in you to do something a bit more intentional. Maybe it's something you want to do instead of having to do. Maybe it's something you have to do, but you want to do it better. I have been all over the map with these concepts and ideas. I learned pretty late because I'm still learning that it is important to commit and then accomplish something with intention. What you commit to is less important than the intention behind it. A clean refrigerator is better than thinking about a clean refrigerator. Your effort and accomplishment of that task are even better. I spent most of my life basking in the necessities, lots to do. Then I felt some things shifting. A few years ago, as I found myself getting older, my kids were growing up and it was time for me to decide what to do with the next third of my life, which is pretty weird because I never remember actually thinking about what to do for the previous two thirds of my life. I was a full-time mom with a couple of part-time jobs. The substitute teaching job I have allows me a lot of different opportunities, and one of them was teaching full-time in a fourth grade class. It was a fantastic experience. It was challenging. It was invigorating. I enjoyed my colleagues, and I am really glad I had the chance to do that. What I learned was that I love to substitute. What I learned was that I do not love teaching full-time. At this point in my life, this was really good for me to know. With this knowledge, I started looking for other opportunities, including life coaching or going back to school for mental health counseling. In the beginning, I thought it was going to be life coaching. I started investigating the process, the hours, the job, the certification, and the price. Ultimately, it seemed a bit pricey and wasn't quite what I thought I wanted. I then started looking at programs with masters in clinical mental health. I checked out our local schools, online programs, the application process. I looked at the GRE requirements. Since I hadn't been in school since 1991, that was pretty overwhelming for me. I looked for useful and desirable accreditations, cost, coursework descriptions, and on and on. I was pretty specific in what I was looking for because I didn't want to be a social worker. Social work to me seemed more bureaucratic and less therapeutic. I bookmarked things. I did tuition cost calculators. I looked at reviews of universities and different professors. I calculated how old I would be when I began and subsequently how old I would be when I finished, if I finished. What I did not do was commit to anything. I did a lot of work so I could pretend I was serious about this idea, and yet I was serious. I pretty much kept this on the down low. I was insecure, unsure of myself, and I didn't know if I really wanted to put myself out there. It took me a while for me to even tell my husband. Once I did, he quietly supported and just allowed me to keep on thinking about it at my pace, which we already know is tortoise-like. I toyed around with all of this, researching different options for about 12 months. One day, I mentioned to a colleague that I was thinking about going back to school. Other than my husband, this was the first person I had told. It seemed harmless enough, until a few weeks later, she asked me about it. I was surprised because it never occurred to me that it was a significant enough conversation for her to remember or ever mention again. Alas, I had just created accountability 
for something I said I wanted to do. This gave me the opportunity to continue to talk about it out loud to someone who seemed genuinely interested and encouraging. Then I got really brave and told another coworker. And then it kind of became a conversation I was having regularly with people at work. They were asking me about programs, had I found one, what was I looking for and why. They told me about their experiences with their advanced degrees and working and what it was like for them. And then I told my kids and then I told other family members and I got more encouragement. And I realized that this ball was rolling. Accountability, that's what that was. Not exactly a chosen accountability buddy, which is someone who is specifically tasked to be your check-in. Are you doing what you say you're going to do? Are you accomplishing what you said you want to accomplish? An accountability buddy keeps you accountable for the things that you say you want to do, and they help you stay committed to doing them. I had inadvertently created that for myself, and it worked. With that being said, I knew I still had a safety net in that I needed to wait for my junior and high school daughter to graduate, which was still two years. We couldn't really afford my tuition on top of everybody else's. And so I just kept looking without any intention of starting. And then I found it, the perfect program that fit all my immediate needs. There was no GRE requirement as long as my last transcript from college was a 3.5 GPA or higher. It was accredited. It was online. It was a very reasonable coursework schedule and even more reasonably priced. All of this began with a friendly follow-up inquiry from a colleague, moved along with the support of my husband and family, and ended with a master's in education degree in clinical mental health counseling. I am 52 years old, just got a master's degree, I have a job, and I feel very lucky. About the same time I went back to school, I had started writing down ideas for a podcast. I even recorded a few things and did absolutely nothing with them. A few months later, I would do the same thing all over again. Then I would tell myself that I don't really have anything to say or that there are plenty of other people saying it, and who needs me? etc., etc., and on and on it went. Yeah, that was actually two years ago now, and I learned again the value of saying something out loud to someone or someones. In my case, these someones are my children, who one day before Christmas pooled their sibling Christmas money together to buy me all the equipment I needed to start a podcast. They set it up in the office on Christmas morning with a sign that said, we are so proud of you. And so it begins again with this rolling ball. So here's the takeaway on accountability. You can create accountability in a lot of different ways. It can be accidental, like when you're brave enough to confess your desire to do something out loud in the presence of someone other than your dog. This can be anything from a simple task, like cleaning the refrigerator. See how I use that one? My refrigerator is filthy to a grand life-changing goal like going back to school. Accountability can also be intentional. 
For instance, you may want to exercise more or lose weight. Your accountability buddy can be anything or anyone from a fitness or weight loss app where you are connected to others who are working on their own exercise program or weight loss goals. Your buddy can also be a friend or family member who shares the same or similar goals. In this instance, if you choose, you may even do some activities together. There are dozens of articles about the benefits of accountability buddies everywhere from personal blogs to major newspapers. Want to create better habits? Do you want to grow your business? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to have a cleaner, more organized home? Accountability is the key to getting any of these things and many more done. Is there someone in your life you would like to be your buddy? Could you provide the same service for them? Lelia Gowland, a former contributor to Forbes magazine, identifies these things to illustrate what these positive relationships can look like in action. If you want to be responsible for accomplishing something, it is easier if you and your buddy have some parameters for the buddy relationship. Number one, identify an imperfect action plan. Personally, I am endlessly guilty of thinking I have to work from a place of perfection or the ideal. And since I know that it is absolutely impossible for either of those to be achieved in anything I do, I don't do anything. If the action plan is imperfect, meaning just do something, literally anything to move forward, then the pressure's gone and the progress can be sustainable. An accountability buddy is a perfect person to help you formulate and implement your imperfect plan. Number two, challenge each other to stretch and pivot when necessary. Ask the question, what is my stretch goal? What feels a little scary? These are great questions and great ways to push each other as friends and accountability buddies. Report to one another for support and encouragement. Pivot as necessary, reevaluate and change your imperfect plan when you cannot reach your goals. Number three, use check-ins as deadlines. Make the texts, the calls, or the meetings with your buddy a time for checking off a stretch goal or a move towards accomplishment. Ask, when can I realistically accomplish this? It is also nice if you and your buddy are both working on goals at the same time. It then becomes, I'll do it if you'll do it. This works, guys. I am currently living proof. So anytime you need a nudge to take action, call a friend, implement these strategies, and get yourself an accountability buddy.